Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Inspired by the Word, Times of Devotion with the Lord. Right now, we're going to be praying. First Timothy 2 from verse 1 says, I exhort therefore the first of all prayer, first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. Hallelujah. Right now we're still praying and we're still localizing our prayer. Hallelujah. Localizing our victories. Praise God. We're going to be praying for any form of um, laws that has been passed, policies by whatever organizations, institutions in our state, in the organizations where we work, in the school where we attend, supporting the fact of mandatory vaccination. We cut it down in the name of Jesus. We're praying and we're insisting that the deception is gone, especially where we live, in our local environment, where we go to school, the organizations around us, where we work, that we cut down that wickedness and deception of false vaccination. Praise the Lord. As we declare those words, we still pray for the leaders of the government, that they are surrounded by the right people. And the people of that state, they are coming to know Christ. They are coming to salvation. Hallelujah. Let's kindly unmute our mics as we pray. Thank <laughs> you. 
Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray for the organizations, hallelujah, in the nations of the world, most especially those closest to us in our localities where we work, Yes, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray for the leaders of our nations. That this was a no more deceived as for to God. Yes, but the function in the wisdom and excellence of the Spirit. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we go Yes, those leaders they have the right people around them. They have the right people around them. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Ratosi, 
fakadilo lakaziti kikubara yespani kushtaka baya many more are coming to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ lekanzusa kata ya yekerebo zoto kubodo ribala rabo shakata yara lusha viendo zoto kubaya yesake kake vale grada kabasa taka baya yekerebo zoto kubala kadoji kata legendaji na vanda kaka yes in the name of Lord Jesus the bread kido kushte kido kushta kado ni kila kunda inda kata vila kada this nation, oh God, wherever we live, hallelujah, the cities, the territories, they will no longer be referred to Balaka with the terms vaccinated and unvaccinated in the name of our Lord Jesus. Lika Sungra Kapasakabaya, Ye all around the state, all around the province. Masika kaka viso felegede baya. Osheki kabaya. Longrede gibaya. Hallelujah. Thank you, O God. Aparaspitos. Ligra santa kalabonjde. Englokrondo sofrakadela. Lezoteki kabala giza. Antakadela krakadaja nabada kabaya. The leadership, O God. I excellent. Hallelujah. Liga basunda kashata kabaya. The function of wisdom. No deceptions. Lezan felegrondo frekide busta kabaya. And yes, hallelujah. We see in our different states, in our different provinces, in our different nations, hallelujah. We see the excellency of the spirit, the wisdom of the spirit being displayed through the leaders, hallelujah. Because this once they come in contact with the gospel, the truth of God's word, hallelujah. Thank you, precious Father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time, you are welcome to be inspired by the word global times of devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Amarak, for the opportunity to always lead the saints of God in prayers of intercessions for the nations of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now we're going over to the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Over to you, esteemed. Amara, thank you very much. Praising the Lord always. Praising the Lord always. Praising the Lord with all my heart. Praising the Lord with all my heart always. Hallelujah, the Lord is good. Hallelujah, the Lord is good. The Lord is good, is good to me. Hallelujah, the Lord is good. Hallelujah, the Lord is good. Hallelujah, the Lord is good. He's good to us. 
I am moving forward, hallelujah. Amen, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. I am marching forward, hallelujah. Amen, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. Things are getting better, hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. We are getting bigger, hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. We are making progress, hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. Things are working for us. Hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Things are working for us. Things are getting better. Things are getting greater. We are moving and marching forward. We're making progress across all frontiers by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the ministry of angels. We are projected forward continually in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our yesterday cannot be better than today. Our tomorrow is greater than our today. Even today is better than our past. Yes, because things are getting better. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah, for the times of intercessory prayers. And thank you, everyone. Welcome to today's devotion time with the Lord. And we're yet going to move to a next and higher level of grace, of glory, and of blessings. If you're looking at the screen, today is Thursday, 15th June, 2021. Half of the month is already gone. And the title of today's devotional is Four Prophetic Instructions. I'd gone through this devotional earlier, and I tell you that this is one thing that if you catch, if you understand, it will move your Christian life to a whole new level. You know, one of the things that happen to Christians is that, you know, when, when something, for instance, has been declared concerning them, not necessarily concerning you as an individual, Maybe concerning the body of Christ, maybe concerning your church, maybe concerning your, your team in church. And then maybe two weeks comes to pass, a month comes to pass, months come to pass, and you don't even see the sign of its fulfillment. A lot of Christians forget and they get discouraged and then they move on as though they never had a prophetic declaration. As we read, I would explain certain things. You would understand what I mean. Our opening scripture is taken from Proverbs 4 and verse 13. It said, take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her for she is thy life. In 2 Kings 13, in 2 Kings 13, we find a very interesting story concerning the prophet Elisha and Joash, king of Israel. Joash was having trouble with the Syrians and wanted victory over them. So he came to the man of God, Elisha. Part of, part of their ensuing dialogue was Elisha instructing Joash to take some arrows and smite them upon the ground. The Bible says Joash did it three times and stopped. 2 Kings 13 and verse 18. Elisha, the man of God, was furious. The Bible says wrought. With King Joash, 2 Kings 13 and verse 19, because he stopped. He should have kept on shooting arrows until the prophet had told him to stop. 
Shooting the arrows only three times meant he was only going to defeat Syria three times, whereas God's plan was something far better. Johash didn't know that it mattered how many times he shot the arrows. The prophet didn't ask him to stop, but he stopped by himself. Like King Johash. Many times we we get prophetic utterances and instructions. And because it seems like it's not forthcoming. We stop believing in them. We stop waging war with them. We stop affirming them. Here's what I want to get across to you. Sometimes many ignore very important things without knowing it, such as paying attention to prophetic instruction, which is part of God's guidance for his children. If you've been um, fellowshipping here with us for a while, you would have heard you would have heard me make reference to the fact that one of the ways that God guides us is through prophecies. Because through prophecies, you can tell what God's mind is concerning the situation and what God has planned for your future. A prophetic instruction is an instruction of the spirit that's given you by the spirit. It's directed to you for you. Did you hear that? It's directed to you for you. It could come to you directly by the spirit of God from within you or through someone whom he's given some leadership influence over your life. For example, the Lord may be asking you to fast for a certain period of time, but you don't think it's important. So you either didn't fast or at all, or you didn't meet the duration, and then something unpleasant happens. You may not realize that it's connected to the instruction that you didn't follow. Such things matter, so don't take them lightly. It could be some spiritual instruction from your pastor to you or to the congregation of which you are a member. These are all important. When God gives you a prophetic instruction or guidance, it's in your interest to follow through. Your entire destiny or the next level of your success, promotion, and greatness may depend on it. Glory to God. That last line, you know, your entire destiny on the next level of your success, promotion, and greatness may depend on it. Praise God. Um, there's something I want us to understand about prophecy, you know, and Pastor explained how most times how these prophetic instructions come, you know, it would always come either directly from the spirit of God, you know, as you fellowship, you know, the Bible says my sheep hear my voice and they know me. You know, so I believe that every one of us here, you know, when God is talking to you. And it's not complicated. It's not um, drama, you know, as sometimes they make us see in some movies where um, so many drama happens in a location because God wants to speak. No, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Like, for instance, we all live with our parents, right? Or, or even our children. If you want to talk to your spouse or your spouse wants to talk to you or mommy or daddy wants to talk to you and they are with you, like sitting with you in the sitting room, they don't raise their voice. They don't shout yes for attention. They don't cause a commotion because they want to communicate with you. Just simply voice your name and start the conversation. So when we say that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us and he's with us, that means he doesn't have to shout. He doesn't have to cause a commotion. He doesn't have to, have to um, um, display a dramatic scene to converse with you. So let's not be deceived by some of these things that we see on TV or some of the impressions that we got growing up. That's why he often would talk calmly because he's discussing with his child and he's with you. He's not far from you. So you talk to you directly. And like I said, you will know when he's talking to you, how you, the words of God, you would always align with the scriptures. It will always align with the scriptures. Let me give an example. There was a story of, um, 
So this person was a man of God. He was a founder of a ministry. You know, one day he came to tell the congregation that God said he should divorce his wife and marry this other woman. And then, you know, he did, you know, according to the prophecy that he gave to the congregation. And then a few years down the line again, he came and said, God said he should divorce this other woman and that he should marry this other woman. And you see, the question is, how did the congregation not know from the beginning that it wasn't right? The Bible documented for us, especially for deacons and pastors, it said they should be husbands of one wife. It said they should raise their children in a way that their children become examples to the world so that people do not now neglect their teaching because of the behavior of their children. What am I trying to say? If the prophecy does not align with the word, forget it. It is not from God. You can always know that something is from God. You can always know. So imagine you were the woman in that church and then the pastor comes to say that God said he should divorce his wife and he should marry you. And you are now sitting down, you are not crying and not saying that, hey, I don't know, how will I know? Hey, I don't want to disobey God. My man said that um, I'm his wife, that God said, I don't understand what he's doing you. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's what the Bible says. We can be misguided by prophecies, the prophecies of other people, if we don't know the scriptures. And if you're given a prophecy and it doesn't align with the word of God, sister, brother, move on. And this is why we're doing what we're doing. We wake up here every day to pray, to study the Bible. It's not because we couldn't do it individually. First, it gives us a place of accountability. It gives us a place of consistency. Trust me, 6 a.m. by this time, if I didn't have to connect to this place, I'll, I'll still be sleeping and I'll say, see, when I wake up later, I will do this stuff. But there is that thing that says, ah, um, you have to be connected. You have to be online. So there's this thing that it brings about, the accountability that it gives to every one of us to say, oh, I have to join this call. I have to join this devotion. So we get to study the Bible together. We get to learn together. And you get to hear other believers, you know, explain and discuss these things together. You get to hear somebody reading out the Bible. And, you know, if you were reading out the Bible yourself, you may not have heard certain things. You may not have seen certain things because you may have speed read the Bible. But because of the way Brother Doze would take it so narratively, because of the way Brother John would take it so calmly and with laughter from his voice as he takes the, the scriptures, you're like, it, it just becomes like a picture come alive beyond the written pages. And then it means so much more to you. What is the end point of all of this? That we may increase in knowledge so that we are not destroyed as there is destruction happening in the world. Then finally, concerning the prophetic, you see, you are in a very um, terrible situation or in a very challenging period in your life. And the word comes to you. Let me give for instance, and the word comes to you that you will do money in the billions. That prophetic declaration is an instruction of the spirit to you concerning your future. It's telling you that I have made you wealthy. It's telling you that things are not always going to be as they are. It's telling you that, see, I have planned something greater for your life. But you see, three months down the line, it looks like the finances have not turned around. And you're wondering if God really loves you. You're wondering if God really cares about you. And if God, if what he said is really true. I round off with this. You know, when COVID-19 was happening last year, so many things happened. We all live in different parts of the world and we all have our personal testimony of the reality of what happened in our nations. And how at some point it looked like the world had come to an end. How at some point, even while we were praying, it looked like the nations were getting closer. That is, they were getting even more closed and it looked like our leaders were getting more stubborn. And it looked like we're praying against the vaccine and then every day they are coming to tell us how many people are taking the vaccine. 
You see, there were certain declarations that the man of God, Pastor Chris, made last year. And every time that I talked to people that were around me, when we're talking about what was happening in the world, I would tell them, I said, brothers and sisters, I have not forgotten what the man of God said. I have not forgotten that the man of God said that we are not going to check out of this world out of fear because we want to run away from what is happening. I remember that he said, we will humble the world and then we will check out. I also remember that he said that all the perpetrators, the enablers and the collaborators of the COVID-19 scheme will be brought to books. When recently the, the, the Dr. Fauci mails got leaked and then many people were implicated, including the founder of Facebook and many other people, I was not surprised. I knew that that day would come. Why? Because prophetic declarations don't fall to the ground especially when they come from a man of God who has proven by experience, by statistics, that he's a true man of God. I said that to say to you, what has the Lord said concerning your life? Don't give up. He said, though it tarries, write the vision, make it plain, so that he that readeth it may run with it. And that he is you. He was not talking about an outsider. Every day, look back at what God said concerning you. Go through your books, your documentations of the prophetic instructions and declarations and hold on to them. He said like a flicker of light in a dark place until the day star arrives. Because the word of God concerning you will certainly come to pass. And always remember that you are a part of the body of Christ. So as one man, you will humble this world. Is it a financial world you want to humble? Is it the world you want to humble? Where do you want to make a name in the name of Jesus before you check out at the rapture? It will happen. It will happen. So do not give up. Do not lose hope. Anything that God said concerning you, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. The Bible says, when the clouds be full of rain, they will empty themselves upon the earth. And that will be your testimony. We will yet laugh with you. Those who laughed at you will laugh with you. Those who mocked at your faith will celebrate the fruits of your faith. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy at this time for the further study and the rhapsody prayer. Thank you so much. God bless you. Good morning, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma, for today's ministration. Um, Ma, I would like you to draw um, a bit of light on something concerning today's devotion. I don't know if there's still time for that. Okay, what is it? Okay, um, is it possible for, for a stranger to give you a prophecy or somebody who is not a leader over you to give you a prophecy? Yes, yes, it's possible because God can use a stranger to talk to you. But like I said, when I started, I said, just, just check that it aligns with the word of God. And you, you, you know, and don't also get carried away that somebody gave you a prophecy doesn't mean you, 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 you have to necessarily follow the person. We need to know the people that God has put in our lives as our leaders at a particular time. Receive the prophecy, check that it aligns with the word of God. A lot of times you will discover that he's not the, that stranger is not the first person to say it to you. For instance, your father raised you, your father and um, your mother that you live in the house. And every time they keep telling you that God told me that you become a, you will be a great man. And then a stranger tells you the same word. He's only confirming what the, you have been told inside the house. Check it. Most of the time, strangers confirm something you had already been told by someone who was raising you or by the house itself. Someone had been told you in the house. A lot of times, that's what happens. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connecting from. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. So I'm going to be speaking the further study, reading from Proverbs 4.13, NIV version. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. First Corinthians 1, 24 to 25. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Finally, Proverbs 8, 10. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than gold. 
So we're going to be taking the prayer together. It's on the screen. You don't have to unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being guided, counseled, and instructed by the Holy Spirit, and to receive your guidance through whom you've chosen and placed over me to bring me your word. Thank you for leading me in the path of greatness. As I yield to and follow the instruction, the specific instructions to me from the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. And thank you, Ma, for the ministration today. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother to take us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a very wonderful day ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Depending on the part of the world you're connecting from, welcome to today's Inspired by the World Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Amaka, for this amazing platform. And congratulations to everyone who has been consistent with the one-year Bible reading plan. We've been reading the message translation, and it's been a very interesting read. I'll be sharing my screen at the moment. Today, we're reading the book of Acts chapter 5. Yesterday, we read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. I believe we can see my screen. Praise God. Your screen is in your showing. Okay. Let me share it again. Screen. All right, praise God. So Acts chapter five, from verse 12 to 42. The caption is, they all met regularly. Through the work of the apostles, many God signs were set up among the people, many wonderful things done. They all met regularly and in remarkable harmony on the temple porch named after Solomon. But even though, even though people admired them a lot, outsiders were weary about joining them. On the other hand, those who put their trust in the master were added right and left men and women boats. They, were, they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on stretchers and bedrolls, hoping they would be touched by Peter's shadow when he walked by. They came from the villages surrounding Jerusalem, throngs of them, bringing the sick and the bed, the bed eviled, and they all were healed. The caption, to obey God rather than man, Provoked mightily by all this, the chief priests and those on his side, mainly the sect of Sadducees, went into action, arrested the apostles and put them in the town jail. But during the night, an angel of God opened the jailhouse door and led them out. He said, go to the temple and take your stand. Tell the people everything there is to say about this life. Promptly obedient, they entered the temple at daybreak and went on with their teaching. Meanwhile, the chief priest and his cronies conveyed the high council, Israel's senate, and sent to the jail to have the prisoners brought in. When the police got there, they couldn't find them anywhere in the jail. They went back and reported. We found the jail locked tight as a drum and the guards posted at the doors. But when we went inside, we didn't find a soul. The chief of the temple police and the high priest were puzzled. What's going on here anyway? Just then, someone showed up and said, did you know that the men you put in jail are back in the temple teaching the people? The chief and his police went and got them, but they hand handled them gently, fearful that the people will riot and turn on them. Bringing them back, they stood them before the high council. The chief priest said, 
didn't we give you strict orders not to teach in Jesus' name? And here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are trying your best to blame us for the death of this man. Peter and the apostles answered, it is necessary to obey God rather than men. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, the one you killed by hanging him on the cross. God set him on, on high at his side, prince and savior, to give Israel the gift of a changed life and sin forgiven. And we are witnesses to these things. The Holy Spirit, whom God gave, gives to those who obey him, collaborates every detail. When they had that, they were furious and wanted to kill them on the spot. But one of the council members stood up, a Pharisee by the name of Gamaliel, a teacher of God's law, who was honored by everyone. He ordered the men taken out of the room for a short time. Um, Brother Z, we can't hear you. Or can okay, anyone I hear you? I thought I was the only one. Okay. Um, I'll give it a second, but Brother John, be on standby. Just take it off. Do you have it or can I display it? Can display it while I read it. Okay, so I'm moving there right away. <coughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll. I'll, I'll... You I'll can start from, um, from, from um, yeah, start from 33. Okay. Meanwhile, that. hold on, you're supposed to end at verse 42. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm away. When they heard that, they were furious and wanted to kill them on the spot. But one of the council members stood up, a Pharisee by the name of Gamaliel, a teacher of God's law, who was honored by everyone. He ordered the men taken out of the room for a short time and said, fellow Israelites, be careful what you do to these men. Not long ago, Theodas made something of a splash, claiming to be somebody, and got about 400 men to join him. He was killed. His followers dispersed, and nothing came of it. A little later, at the time of the census, Judas a Galilean appeared and acquired a following. He also fizzled out, and the people following him were scattered to the four winds. So I am telling you, hands of this man, let them alone. If this program or this work is merely human, it will fall apart. Or if it is God, if it is of God, there is nothing you can do about it. And you better not be found fighting against God. <laughs> that convinced them. They called the apostles back in. After giving them a thorough whipping, they warned them not to speak in Jesus' name and send them off. The apostles went out of the high council overjoyed because they had been given the honor of being dishonored on account of the name. Every day, they were in the temple and homes teaching and preaching Christ, not letting up for a minute. Praise God. Wow. So if this program or this work is merely human, it will fall apart. But if it is of God, there is nothing you can do about it. Hmm. So many thoughts running through my head now. But let's move over to the Old Testament. 
praise God, hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 23 to 25. It's on the screen. Okay. Is it? It's still showing Acts 5 on the screen. Okay. Okay, let me just let you share your screen then. You see now, please continue. <laughs> okay. You want me to continue? Yes, ma'am, please. Okay. So that just in case my dad calls, it's only a distraction. Thank you very much. Okay, Second Chronicles 23 to 25. So, from verse 1. In the seventh year, the priest of Jehadah decided to make his move and work out his strategy with certain influential officers in the army. He picked Azariah, son of Jeroham, Ishmael, son of Jehohanan, Azariah, son of Obed, Masaiah, son of Adiah and Elishaphat, son of Zikri, as his associates. They dispersed throughout Judah and called in the Levites from all the towns in Judah, along with the heads of families. They met in Jerusalem. The gathering met in the temple of God. They made a covenant there in the temple. The priest, Jehoiada, showed them the young prince and addressed them. Here he is, the son of the king. He is going to rule just as God promised regarding the sons of David. Now, this is what you, what you must do. A third of you priests and Levites who come on duty on the Sabbath are to be posted as security guards at the gates. Another third will guard the palace and the other third will guard the foundation gates. All the people will gather in the courtyards of the temple of God. No one may enter the temple of God except the priest and designated Levites. They are permitted in because they have been consecrated. But all the people must do the work assigned to them. The Levites are to form a ring around the young king. Weapons are the ready. Kill anyone who tries to break through your ranks. Your job is to stay with the king at all times and places, coming and going. All the Levites and officers obeyed the orders of Jehoiada, the priest. Each took charge of his men, both those who came on duty on the Sabbath and those who went off duty on the Sabbath. For Jehoiada, the priest hadn't exempted any of them from duty. Then the priest armed the officers with spears and the large and small shields originally belonging to King David that were stored in the temple of God, well armed. The guards took up their assigned positions for protecting the king from one end to the temple of the temple to the other, surrounding both altar and temple. And the priest brought the prince into view, crowned him, handed him to the scroll of God's covenant, and made him king. As Jehoiada and his sons anointed him, they shouted, Long live the king! Aptalia, hearing all the commotion, the people running around and praising the king came to the temple to see what was going on. Astonished, she saw the young king standing at the entrance, flanked by the captains and heralds, with everybody beside themselves, with joy, trumpets blaring, the choir and the orchestra leading the praise. Athalia ripped her robes in dismay and shouted, Treason! Treason! Jehoiada, the priest, ordered the military officers, drag her outside and kill anyone who tries to follow her. The priest had said, don't kill her inside the temple of God. So they dragged her out to the palace's horse corral, and there they killed her. Jehoiada now made a covenant between himself and the king and the people. They were to be God's special people. The people poured into the temple of Baal and tore it down, smashing altar and images to smithereens. They killed Metan and the priest of Baal in front of the altar. Jehoiada turned the care of God's temple over to the priests and Levites. 
the way David had directed originally. They were to offer the whole burnt offerings of God as set out in the revelation of Moses and with praise and song as directed by David. He also assigned security guards at the gates of God's temple so that no one who was unprepared could enter. Hmm. Then he got everyone together, officers, nobles, governors, and the people themselves, and escorted the king down from the temple of God through the upper gates and placed him on the royal throne. Everybody celebrated the event, and the city was safe and undisturbed. Thalia had been killed. No more Athalia terror. Hallelujah. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 24, the caption, King Joash. Joash was, 17 year, was seven years old when he became king. He was king for 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Gazelle, also known as Zebiah. She was from Beersheba. Taught and trained by Joada the priest, Joash did what pleased God throughout Joada's lifetime. Joada picked out two wives for him. He had a family of both sons and daughters. The time came when Joash determined to renovate the temple of God. He got the priests and Levites together and said, Circulate through the towns of Judah every year and collect money from the people to repair the temple of your God. You are in charge of carrying this out. But the Levites dragged their feet and didn't do anything. Then the king called in Judah the chief priest and said, Why haven't you made the Levites bring in from Judah and Jerusalem the tax Moses, servant of God, and the congregation set up, set for the upkeep of the place of worship? You can see how bad things are. Wicked Queen, Queen Athalia and her sons led the temple of God go to ruin and took all its sacred artifacts for, the, for use in power worship. Following the king's orders, they made a chest and placed it at the entrance of the temple of God. Then they sent out a tax notice throughout Judah and Jerusalem. They the tax that Moses, the servant of God, set when Israel was in the wilderness. The people and their leaders were glad to do it and cheerfully brought their money until the chest was full. Whenever the Levites brought the chest in for a royal audit and found it to be full, king's secretary and the official, and the official of the chief priest would empty the chest and put it back in its place. Day after day, they did, they did this and collected a lot of money. King and Jehovah gave the money to the managers of the temple projects. They in turn paid the masons and carpenters for the repair work on the temple of God. The construction workers kept at their jobs steadily until the restoration was complete. The house of God as good as new. When they had finished the work, they returned the surplus money to the king and Jehovah, who used the money for making sacred vessels for temple worship, vessels for the daily worship, for the whole bond offerings, bowls, and other gold and silver liturgical artifacts. Whole bond offerings were made regularly in the temple of God throughout Jehovah's lifetime. He died at a ripe old age, 130 years old, and buried him in the royal cemetery because he had such a distinguished life of service to Israel and God and God's temple. But after the death of Judah, things fell apart. The leaders of Judah made a formal presentation to the king, and he went along with them. Things went from bad to worse. They deserted the temple of God and took off with the cult of sex goddesses. An angry cloud hovered over Judah and Jerusalem because of this sin. God sent prophets to straighten them out, warning of judgment, but nobody paid attention. Then the Spirit of God moved Zechariah, son of Judah, the priest to speak up. God's word. Why have you deliberately walked away from God's commandments? You can't live this way. If you walk out on God, he will walk out on you. But they walked out a plot against Zechariah, and with the complicity of the king, he actually gave the order. They murdered him, pelting him with rocks right in the court of the, of the temple of God. That is the thanks King Joash showed with loyal Joada, the priest who had made him king. He murdered Joada's son. Zachariah's last word were, look, God, make them pay for this. Wow. A year or so later, Aramean troops attacked Joash. They invaded Judah and Jerusalem, massacred the leaders, and shipped all their plunder back to the king in Damascus. The Aramean army was quite small, but God used them to wipe out Joash's large army. 
their punishment for deserting God, the God of their ancestors. Arameans implemented God's judgment against Joash. They left Joash badly wounded, and his own servants finished him off. It was a palace conspiracy, avenging the murder of the son of Joada the priest. They killed him in his bed. Afterward, they buried him in the city of David, but he was not honored with a grave in the royal cemetery. The temple conspirators were Zabad, whose mother was Shimei from Ammon, and Jehozabad, whose mother was Shimei from Moab. The story of his sons, the many sermons preached to Joash, and the account of his repairs of the, on the temple of God can be found contained in the commentary on the royal history. Amaziah, Joash's son, was the next king. Chapter 25, the caption, King Amaziah. <clears throat> Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king and reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Jehoadim from Jerusalem. He lived well before God doing the right thing for the most part, but he wasn't wholeheartedly devoted to God. When he had the affairs of the kingdom well in hand, he executed the palace guard who had assassinated his father the king, but he didn't kill the sons of the assassins. He was mindful of what God commanded in the revelation of Moses, that parents shouldn't be executed for their children's sins, nor children for their parents. We each pay personally for our sins. Amaziah organized Judah and sorted out Judah and Benjamin by families and by military units. Men 20 years and older had to register. He ended up with 300,000 judged capable of military service. In addition, he hired 100,000 soldiers from Israel, the north, at a cost of about four and a half tons of silver. A holy man showed up and said, No, O king, don't let those northern Israelite soldiers into your army. God is not on their side, nor with any of the Ephraimites. Instead, you go by yourself and be strong. God and God only has the power to help support your cause. But Amaziah said to the holy man, But what about all this money? These tons of silver I have already paid out to hire this man. God's help is worth far more than you, more to you than that, said the holy man. So Amaziah fired the soldiers he had hired from the north and sent them home. They were very angry at losing their jobs and went home seething. But Amaziah was optimistic. He led his troops into the Valley of Salt and killed the 10,000 men of Seir. He took another 10,000 as prisoners, led them to the top of the rock and pushed them off a cliff. They all died in the fall, smashed on the rocks. But the troops Amaziah had dismissed from his army, angry over their lost opportunity for plunder, rampaged through the towns of Judah all the way from Samaria to Bethron, killing 3,000 people and taking much plunder. On his return from the destruction of the evil Edomites, Amaziah brought back the gods of the men of Seir and restored them as his own gods, worshipping them and burning incense to them. That ignited God's anger, a fiery blast of God's wrath, put into words by a God-sent prophet. What is this? Why on earth would you pray to inferior gods who couldn't so much as help their own people from you? God's weaker than Amaziah? Amaziah instructed him, did I ask for your opinion? Shut up or get thrown out. The prophet quit speaking, but not before he got in one last word. I have it on good authority. God has made up his mind to throw you out because of what you've done and because you wouldn't listen to me. One day Amaziah sent envoys to Joash, son of Jehoazah, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, challenging him for, to a fight. Come and meet me. Come and meet with me, I dare you. Let's have it out, face to face. Joash, Joash, king of Israel, replied to Messiah, king of Judah. One day, a thistle in Lebanon sent a word to a cedar in Lebanon. Give your daughter to my son in marriage. But then a wild animal of Lebanon passed by and stepped on the thistle, crushing it. Just because you've defeated Edom in battle, you now think you're a big shot. Go ahead and be proud, but stay home. Why press your luck? I bring defeat on yourself and Judah. Messiah wouldn't take no for an answer. God had already decided to let Joash defeat him because he had defected to the gods of Edom. 
to Jewish king of Israel, came on ahead and confronted the Messiah king of Judah. They met at Beth Shemesh, a town in Judah. Judah was thoroughly beaten by Israel. All the soldiers struggled home in defeat. Joash, king of Israel, captured the Messiah, king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Ahazer, at Beth Shemesh. But Joash didn't stop at that. He went on to attack Jerusalem. He demolished the wall of Jerusalem all the way from the Ephraim gates to the corner gates, a stretch of about 600 feet. He looted the gold, silver, and furnishings. Anything he found that was worth taking from both the palace and the temple of God. And for good measure, he took hostages. Then he returned to Samaria. Amaziah, son of Joash, king of Judah, continued as king 15 years after the death of Joash, son of Joash, the king of Israel. The rest of the life and times of Amaziah, from start to finish, is written in the royal and of the kings of Judah and Israel. During those last days, after Amaziah had defected from God, they cooked up a plot against Amaziah in Jerusalem, and he had to flee to Lachish. But they tracked him down there in Lachish and killed him there. They brought him back on horseback and buried him in Jerusalem with his ancestors in the city of David. Praise be unto God. Okay. I, 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 have, so much, I have so much to say, but because our time is fast spent, I'll just hand over to Brother Martins. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Brother John. Wow, what an interesting read. Praise the Lord. Okay, we are taking our information this morning, and um, the information is on the screen already. Praise the Lord. First, I'd like to say, baby, thank you to the esteemed Sister Marka for this great opportunity. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you're connected from at this moment. We are taking our formation this morning. We start our formation by taking our names. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The top paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. At this point, I will kindly ask you to unmute your mics as we take our formation at the count of three. Please unmute your mics. One, one, two, three. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I kindly ask you to bring out your communion materials at this point so we can take the communion. Praise the Lord. 
So our text is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I receive of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you. And the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And when he had given thanks, so he took the bread and gave thanks. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you. For the bread, for the body of Christ, I was broken for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we break this bread this day, we affirm that Jesus is Lord of our life. We affirm that we have eternal life now. We affirm that we are who we are in Christ because he consummated all for us. Lord, we give you praise, we worship you. In Jesus' name, go ahead and break the bread and eat it. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he has sobbed, saying, this cup is a New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. So as we take this cup, we show the Lord's death. We affirm he died on the cross. We affirm he was buried. We affirm he rose again. He died for us. He was buried. We're buried with him. And he rose. We rose with, together with him. And even this day, we declare that by dying, you destroyed our deaths. By rising, you restored our life. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, for you are the God of our life. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, go ahead and take the cup. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, at this time, at this point, I will kindly ask everyone to unmute their mics as we share the grace in the as we take the foundation, as we share the grace in fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and always in Jesus' name, Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives as we dwell in the house of the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a most wonderful day. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive.